have you ever, you ever feel like it's hard to sell like middle of the road? Um, it's not middle of the road. It's, it's responsible. It's what you should be doing. It's not sexy. It's not trendy. Um, it is like, this is exactly what you need to be doing. You ever feel like it's, it's hard to, to sell that or do you have a certain, I feel like it's like looking at the Mercedes Benz dealer and saying, do you ever find it's hard to sell Mercedes Benz? Like, no, not at all. Hey, welcome to episode seven of the Fit Life Formula podcast. My name is Brian Sippets. I'm the founder of Advantage Strength and Conditioning in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And uh, the Fit Life Formula podcast is a show specifically for the members of Advantage Strength. But if you are somebody who wants to move well your entire life, wants to stay active, wants to do things with your families and friends without pain, um, this is the show for you. You're going to learn a ton from our conversations and get a lot out of the, the subjects that we tackle each week. Today on the show, we are beyond lucky to have, uh, really, he's a legend of strength and conditioning. Uh, his name is Mike Boyle. He is the founder of Mike Boyle Strength and Conditioning in Woburn, Mass. But what uh, is a little bit more significant, I guess, is his career as a professional strength and conditioning coach. He's been in the Boston area. He was with Boston University for over a decade. Uh, working mostly with the hockey team. He's worked with the men and women's uh, national programs strength on strength and conditioning. He has been a part of the Boston Bruins strength and conditioning staff. He's been a part of the Red Sox strength and conditioning staff. So he is literally a legend in this, in this field. And the most, I think, significant contribution is not to those teams, but to the industry as a whole, because he has surrounded himself with some of the smartest people on the planet and then sort of I guess curated the information and and sort of put it to test put it to work in a team environment in a group environment and sort of teased out what works what doesn't what's appropriate what's not and so today on our show we're going to be talking with coach Boyle about what's most important for adults and sort of the differences that that he has uh, found in between the adult program, his adult program, and his athlete program, both of which are gigantic. So um, this is the guy that we learn from. He's the reason that we train the way we do at Advantage. He's the reason that we are so different from anyone else in our area. Um, So please enjoy this conversation with Mike Boyle of Mike Boyle Strength and Conditioning in Woburn, Mass. All right, we are on the phone with Mike Boyle of Mike Boyle Strength and Conditioning out in Woburn, Mass. And um, Coach Boyle is the authority when it comes to uh, training athletes these days. I know, Coach, you have heavily influenced not only the entire industry, but what we do here at Advantage. Um, and so we're, we're pretty much by the book with your system. So um, we are talking to the guy who's responsible for the way we do things here at Advantage. So, Coach Boyle, thanks so much for jumping on with us. No problem. Thank you very much for having me. I love you know me. I love to talk about this stuff. Yeah, yeah never, never short on words. Um, but that's good. And and today we're maybe I don't know. I guess you do talk about it quite a bit because the the athlete training and the the adult training are are getting very close, um, just with a few changes in terms of what exercises you might pick for certain populations, but. Um, I want to talk a little bit about what's most important for adults and what, um, 
you know, just your background has been in athletics, right? So you were with the, you were with the Bruins, the, you know, Boston university for a long time um, with the Red Sox, pretty much name of Boston sport. And you've been there pretty close. Um, anything with the Celtics? Nope. Nothing with the Celtics. Okay. So there's one that you missed out on that one, but I think you're doing pretty well. Um, so talk a little bit about like your background with, in terms of the athletic teams and then when you started to start earlier, like when you started to see more adults coming your way. I have to say, and I've said this before, I think what really started to drive the adult business, as much as I hate to give CrossFit credit for anything, I do believe that CrossFit popularized this idea of group, whatever you want to call it, group functional training, group athletic training, training like an athlete. And I sort of character or categorize our adult clients as CrossFit refugees in terms of the people who realize that the CrossFit thing wasn't going to work and that they got hurt and that this wasn't what they wanted yet. I think they were kind of bitten by the bug a little bit in terms of, gee, I, I really like this idea of not being, you know, not doing the, the stupid hamster wheel kind of stuff that people had been doing for so many years where they went and walked on a treadmill, did some machines and and we kind of ran with that. I realized, okay, this market is exploding. And we have people coming to us saying things like, do you offer adult classes? Because what had happened to us was we had a smattering of adults. And mostly what we did is we kind of let some adults slide into what we were doing with our athletes. It was like, hey, if you want to come and train, you can train basically with the kids. And then we started doing some one-on-one -on -one personal training because we had people coming and saying, hey, can you train me? You know, would you do personal training? So I think we were very much in the sort of life gives you lemons, you make lemonade kind of category in terms of we weren't turning business away and we were watching the trends in the industry and realizing, hey, there's a huge opportunity here and we'd be stupid not to get involved in that. And I think sometimes you can be very stuck in the, oh, I only train athletes thing. But the reality of that is that for – that means nine months out of the year, you're going to basically be busy from three o'clock to nine o'clock if you're lucky. Yeah. And, and to be honest, the reason that we ended up here, like, so at advantage now we're probably 70, 30 on the adult side, which is a, a flip flop from four or five years ago. Um, and you know, we got our start with, with youth athletes, but I was kind of coached in a direction uh, by, and you know, Vince Gabriel, yeah, uh, did some. I do uh, a lot of coaching with Vince Gabriel, and he is sort of uh, he he started pointing some things out, like you know when you have athletes, number one, for the most part, twenty five percent of them are leaving every year, right? You lose twenty five percent of your kids unless they go on to college athletics or right. something like that, so they graduate. But um, you know you're always you're always refilling. It's up and down. They're in, they're out. They're in season, out of season, um, and so the adults have have been a very good thing for us because it, it levels us out, right? So we have numbers year round. Um, and it's not, you know, in terms of the strength training, the true strength training, it's not that far off from what we had done with athletes. Um, talk a little bit about what your adult programming looks like there and kind of what the difference is from your athlete program. Our adult program in concept 
is identical. Where it changes is probably in what we would consider doing for power development with adults versus what we would consider doing with power development for kids. So for us, and I did an Instagram post about this last week, couple, we do not Olympic lift our adults. So I think that's a big differentiator for us from our athletes to our adults and from our adults to say CrossFit in the sense that you won't see any cleans, you won't see any snatches, you won't see any uh, thrusters, which term I hate, whatever, clean and <laughs> you want to uh, describe that. And you'll see maybe the most extreme thing you'll see is a kettlebell swing. You'll see more jumps and some our power progressions in terms of plyos will be much more basic and we probably won't get as as involved as we might with our athletes but we will have our athletes jumping and hopping and bounding and doing things like that so i always tell everybody if you came in and you watched and you really understood concept you'd right away say oh this is exactly the same thing and it really is in terms of we foam roll we stretch we dynamic warm up we do our power work we go in we do our strength training we get done we do our conditioning that is really the same format that we follow with our athletes with just some smaller tweaks, if you want to use that word, in terms of the plyos are going to be more progressive and we're going to probably be doing things from a power development standpoint in the weight room that are going to be, I guess, a little bit more aggressive. I don't like to be aggressive. Somebody asked the other day on my Instagram post, they said, well, what do you consider an adult? And I said, anybody with a job who has to go to work is an adult. So, and I think that's the difference. When you get that person hurt, I don't care what the person does. I don't care if they work in an office. I don't care if they work for a living in some sort of trade. When you have that person injured so that they can't perform their job, that's a major screw up. Yep. So I, that's where I think, you know, versus the CrossFit idea of, hey, people are going to get hurt. Things are going to happen. You know, we're going to break some eggs. And it, it's like, nah, that's not the way we're going to look at it. We're going to look at it and think, we want to be as aggressive as possible in within the guidelines of common sense. Yeah. And I'm, I'm shocked. Honestly, we don't, we don't jump here. I guess maybe it's me. Um, we've had maybe one incident with, with jumping. And since then I've, I've just, um, scrapped it. Uh, we don't jump with adults. I'm sort of surprised to hear that you do. Um, but I think it still should be a part of things, just maybe done in the right way. Maybe yeah, like zero I mean, fatigue. Yeah, we've exactly zero fatigue. We've got all soft pile boxes, so we don't have any hard boxes. We start, I mean, I have no problem with six inch box jumps. I have no problem, like we're doing some of our hopping progression stuff now is literally done like in and out of the ladder in terms of just simply getting somebody to, you know, whether it's hopping or bounding, just that transition. I think the difference and the reason we probably get ourselves in trouble is as athletes or as strength coaches, our vision of jumping is very different from maybe what the average adult needs. And I think we, we need to be able to make that distinction and be able to look at that and say, okay, I this person – might literally be able to need to get six inches in the air and land. This person might need to, you know, we start, I always said, sometimes when we're jumping, it's literally over the over a line. And it's very, very non-aggressive. 
And we actually have a couple of MVP shuttles. I'm a huge, I love the MVP shuttle. We also have a total gym jump trainer, which will even allow us to start some people with jumping with less than their body weight. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the research, it absolutely is important. Adults are losing power at a rate of one point, I think it's 1.7 times their strength gain or their strength loss, which means when you put that into numbers, if you had people who lost, you know, someone who loses strength might lose 10% of their strength in a year and they might lose 17% of their power. Mm. And over two years, those numbers would go to 20 and 35. And so that's really significant because now you think over three years, they'd go to like um, 30 and 51. So the, you know, the ability of that adult to move with intent, I guess, is a skill that's being lost. You know, a lot of adults will strength training, will do stuff slow and will develop the ability. You know, it's almost like, you know, they could lift a refrigerator, they could push a car, there's some stuff they could do, but in a real pure reactive sense, that's, it's going to be more difficult for them. So I think it's really essential. We, all of our adults store medicine balls, all of our adults will jump again within the confines of good common sense. And then, uh, you know, and then obviously everybody is doing strength work. Yeah. I mean, it's not your quote, but I hear you say it a lot that common sense is not so common. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's good to, it's good to get a picture of what that looks like because the, the ability to jump, it's not necessarily that they're going to be like clearing hurdles anytime soon, but that's what that reactivity is what allows them to catch themselves after a slip on the ice. I mean, adults, if you think, you know, they're, they're being hurt by falls, and they're being hurt stepping off of curbs. You know, there's things, there's really simplistic things that are happening to these people that are causing them to get injured that will really not be, um, won't be solved by strength. Hmm. Okay, what else? What else do you notice? Um, what are the key, what are the key complaints when when people well, come the in thing with adults you know one obviously we're dealing with a population that's been seated generally speaking for a really long time because again if you think if somebody works with their hands and is outside or whatever is in trade they're probably not coming to you i think if you looked at your adult population and looked at what their employment was you would probably find that you're basically dealing with seated people so the ability of these people the, the warm-up, I always think the warm-up, the mobility, the foam rolling, the stretching is the most important part of what these adults are doing. Maybe more important than the strength training part because they're going to be, a lot of what's going to go wrong with them is going to be based on the fact that they're constantly in these flexed positions all day. So we really, I even have to do it with my staff. I'm always chirping my staff about Make sure the adults roll. Make sure the adults stretch. Don't let them half-ass it. Don't let them come in late and not do this stuff. Because there are people who love to just blow in late and jump into the lift. <laughs> so we're very, I'm very adamant with them about the other thing that'll happen is they'll come in sometimes and start the group. If the group's at nine, they'll start at nine and go right to warm up and skip rolling. Because a lot of the people who like to roll will come early and roll. And then they'll get mad. Well, I came early and rolled. Why do we have to roll again? And I'm always like, because the class starts or the group starts at nine. You want to come 20 minutes early and roll, knock yourself out. But at nine o'clock, we're going to roll for five or six minutes. Hmm. Because we're, the people that we want to get are the people who aren't coming early. 
not the right. people who are. So there's, there's just lots of, I think, and again, you know, common sense, and I've used this quote a lot too, we fight human nature for a living. That is our job. And it's our job with athletes and it's our job with our adult population. It's, it's just normal to kind of take a shortcut, take the path of least resistance, do what you like to do versus what's good for you. That's all normal stuff. And that's why I think our programming is so good because we look at the programming and say, okay, you're going to come in the gym and I'm going to have you do what I think you should do. Not what, you know, people say, well, I want to do this. Well, great. You know, get a gym membership, go to, you know, go to Gold's, go wherever, go to 24 hour fitness. You can do whatever you want. If you come here, we're going to do what we think and what we feel is going to be best for you. And, and the good thing is, particularly with our adult population, they really have bought into that. We get a very good um, compliance rate. Well, that's interesting too. I mean, so you look at something like a CrossFit and you're, by the way, you're a, you know, fairly solid CrossFit uh, opposer. I mean, pretty well known across yeah. the industry, but um, you look at something like that and it seems like fun and exciting. But like you said, programs like that fuel programs like yours and mine where they tried that stuff or, you know, an orange theory or something like that and they got hurt and now they realize that they need to do something that's a little bit more responsible. Um, outside of that, you know, if you ever, you ever feel like it's hard to sell like middle of the road, um, it's not middle of the road. It's, it's responsible. It's what you should be doing. It's not sexy. It's not trendy. Um, it is like, this is exactly what you need to be doing. You ever feel like it's, it's hard to, to sell that or do you have a certain, I feel like it's like looking at the Mercedes Benz dealer and saying, do you ever find it's hard to sell Mercedes Benz? Like, no, not at all. I think you have to know who you got to sell it to. Right. You don't want to sell it. If somebody wants a Lamborghini. I don't think you sell, you don't try to convince them to buy the four door Mercedes. But I think you need to know who your audience is and you need to sell to your audience. And you need to realize that if you've got that sort of young 20 something just out of college, you, and hey man, I want to get after it and I want to do cleans and I want to do this. They're not your person. If you've got the super type A guy, same thing, who's in his 50s and always hurt and, you know, wants you to kick his ass, probably not your person. And so I think it's, you need to know, as with any product that you're selling, who you're selling to and you need to be selling to the right people and, and probably not beat yourself up. Sometimes I'll just look and think, yeah, that's not our market. And I'm not worried about it because I think there's a lot of market out there. There's a lot of market. There's a lot of market share. I think... I forget who it was. It might have been Plummer or Alan Cosgrove who said in their talk at the Perform Better Summit something to the effect of only 10% of the people in the United States belong to a gym. Mm -hmm. That leaves you a lot of people. <laughs> right. 90% of the people in the country don't train, don't take fitness seriously. So I think for what we're doing, it's even like me and I know that my audience is an intelligent trainer. So I don't go chase the dummies and try to convince them that I'm right or that I'm worth following or that I'm worth listening to. Because it'll take them a while to even get Mike Boyle. It'll take them a while. They'll have to hurt themselves and hurt some more people before it starts to make sense and they start to kind of go, oh, I see what he means now. I get it. So I don't chase that crowd. 
Hmm. I kind of chase, there's a certain kind of coach or kind of trainer that will gravitate towards our information. And that's when you talk about sort of uh, the Seth Godin book tribes, it's, it's sort of, you need to try to build your tribe and you need to try to identify people that are going to be good tribe members for you as opposed to trying to force fit people who maybe aren't the right fit. Right. And we, you know, we experience that here too. Sometimes it's hard because I'm here all the time. It's hard to say, you know, what do we do different? But unfortunately <clears throat> what we do is so different um, from like, you know, boot camps and, and orange theory and CrossFit stuff. And be because it's so different or because I'm here all the time, it, and because it makes so much sense to me, it doesn't seem like it's that different. So sometimes it's hard right. to explain, but. And, well, um, I, have, I have the standard. It's really funny when people say, you know, what, what's your program like? I always say, well, it's like CrossFit, just not so stupid. And, and, and the, the crazy thing about it is people get that. People will look at me and go, okay. Because <laughs> it is. If you, I always say, if you listen to me talk and you listen to Greg Glassman talk, you'd probably say these guys have a lot in common. Mm. And, and then if you really kind of scratched off that top layer and saw what we did or what we believed, you'd be like, these guys have nothing in common. Mm -hmm. But when you hear the CrossFit people talk about, they talk about, you know, interval training and hard work and total body exercises and all the, and you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then you see it and you're like, Oh no, not that. <laughs> that isn't what I meant at all. Yeah. And, you know, and that's where we talk about this idea sort of, of common sense. And it's the, the idea of, hey, we're going to train pretty hard, but we're going to train to technical failure. When you can't do it anymore, we're done. Mm -hmm. And we may under, you know, we may undershoot the bar, particularly in the beginning, with the idea that don't worry, you know, I always, I mean, I use the same analogies all the time. I use the same slides all the time. But, you know, tortoise beat the hare, slow and steady wins the race. It's a marathon, not a sprint. All these things all apply to training in the sense that you don't need to be in a hurry because all you're going to do is hurry up and plateau because we're all going to get to a point where we don't get stronger. And any of us that have trained athletes know that you've had, you've done it yourself. You've been an athlete, you've trained athletes. And the, the early part is easy. It's a layup. Everybody shows up, everybody gets stronger. Everybody's doing great. And then a couple of years in gains start to come a whole heck of a lot slower. Mm. Sometimes there are drops and there are dips as opposed to, to gains. So I just, I think it's, I think it's really easy. And like you said, sometimes you can get too close to it and not see how easy it is and not see how good it is and not see how beneficial it is. Whereas I think maybe luckily for me, I'm not that way, even though I am close to it and I can look at it and think, no, this is, because I tell our coaches all the time, this is where the Mercedes Benz of the industry. If you get someone, because again, it's not Lamborghini, you know, it's not, it's not the flashiest, it's not the most expensive. It's just the best and it's really solid and it's exactly, you know, if you had money, it's what you buy. So, you know, it's a clean, you know, and same thing, it's classic, it's timeless. They don't change the body style very often. I think there's so many similarities between a company like Mercedes and, what, and a company like us. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. And I think, you know, when people come in here for the first time, if we're meeting with them for the first time, depending on where they're coming from, they might watch a class. I had a lady the other day come in and say, and watch a class and say, we walked through the, the uh, gym to get back to my office. And I said, you know, this is a pretty standard class for us. And she turned around, she looks, she's like, that's a class. 
And at first I was a little bit insulted, like, uh, yeah, that's, that's a class, but she's coming from a place that, you know, people are jumping around, racing around inside the gym. And like, you know, I, I said, this is going to be totally different from you. It's not that we, it's not that we don't work hard. It's hard to, it, these aren't easy classes, right? It's going to be a different kind of hard, um, for you. So sometimes it's hard to explain that, but it's, it's totally true. Like we, we want hard work. It's just going to look a lot different. Right. It's, it's, and he said, common sense, it's not going to be just sort of doing random shit to make it hard. And I think that's what happens sometimes in that today's Instagram post was sort of another anti burpee post. But that's the classic. We had a couple of women who joined and they would literally like start jogging in place between exercises and doing burpees. Mm-hmm. Look at them, like, what are they doing over there? <laughs> and they're like, oh, they came from so and so's boot camp, you know, and they don't want to stand still during the hour. And I kind of, I looked at them and thought, yeah, no, no, they're not going to, they won't be here long. And they weren't. They probably signed up for a month and at the end of a month they left and went back to their silly little boot camp thing where they were, could, you know, every, everybody, you know, no one gets to, st- to stand still for an hour. And I mean, again, there's, there's uh, you know, there's an ass for every seed, right? And there are sometimes, and that's actually really applicable when you think there's an ass for every seed. Like there's some asshole always... <laughs> Yeah. want to do dumb things and and they're the person who's probably gravitated from crossfit to orange theory now and they love orange theory because it's hard and you know i've had people who've gone to orange theory and been like oh my god it was so totally random mm. and we just did this and did this and did this and then we switched and did lifting and it's like yeah you know and but i always the funny thing is most of those types of situations athletes that we train probably will like those i had a lot of athletes who loved crossfit mm. and they used to always say crossfit blah 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 it's great and i was like no it's not I said it's really great for you it's great for a former collegiate athlete who learned to olympic lift well in college i said because you go in and you kick everybody's ass you're better at this than everybody in there in terms of mainly because you're better you know how to lift you know how to Olympic lift, you know how to do these things. So you're having a lot of success, but you know, soccer mom or, you know, dad bod guy is not doing really well in that situation for the exact opposite reason in terms of they weren't a college athlete and they're not a good Olympic lifter and they're going to try too hard and they're going to get themselves hurt. So it's a, it's an interesting kind of dynamic. And I think for us, I think probably if you said, okay, which end of the spectrum are you on? We're on the soccer mom, dad bought end of the spectrum. If you walked in and watched, looked at our adult groups, you wouldn't see a lot of like, oh, these the studs, these guys are ripped. These guys look amazing. You'd see a lot of, oh, that guy's a you know 50-year-old dad with a little, he's a little chunky. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's, again, I think in a lot of ways, that's the larger portion of the, uh, the demographic, so it makes more sense. You know, who do you want to sell to? You know, we want a program for ex-college athletes who want an unbelievable kick-ass workout after they get out of college. Okay, how many of them are there? You know, the same number, you know, that there were the first time, you know, when you were training them as high school kids. Yeah. Crazy if you said, okay, I want to, I want to put a really good training program. Because the thing that we try to emphasize, and again, I say this to our coaches, we're in the life-changing business. We can take somebody who's been really intimidated by exercise and maybe never exercised and bring them in and put them in a really safe situation 
that's really good for them where they get better without saying, okay, go to 24-hour fitness and do the machines. And we can also take that ex-college athlete and give them a really challenging workout. And so I think that's the beauty. It's the beauty of a system and it's the beauty of, like I said, you understand our system. When you've got this progression, regression idea built in, it's really easy. Because you can look at someone and think, okay, I know I want you to do a single leg knee dominant exercise. And now I'm going to think, okay, how do, well, how do you do that? What are we going to do? You could be doing, we could have someone doing a bodyweight split squat and we could have someone else doing a rear foot elevated split squat with 80 pounds in each hand. And they both would be doing a knee dominant unilateral exercise. Yep. And I think that's the key when you're looking at these things is knowing that I always say, if we can stay in category, we're in a really good spot. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, that's, uh, I mean, I think the people who are listening to this are, are mostly our members and uh, will understand all that. I think it helps them, helps them sort of put everything in perspective why we do this stuff. Um, just to start wrapping this up, you have a new, a new book coming out, or is it out? It's out. Um, okay. New Functional Training for Sports is out. Okay, so that's New Functional Training for Sports. What about the adult book? Oh, the adult book? No, that's not out yet. That's going to okay. be, I don't know when that's going to be. I think I sent that to Kevin Carr because I think Kevin Carr and I are going to write that together. Okay. Kevin was working on something and I was working on something and, and Kevin kind of writes and thinks very similar to me. So I said, this might be a good project for the two of us. So I don't know. I, I would say that's the, the adult book, unfortunately, is two years away probably. By the time you realize how long it takes to actually yeah. get one of these things from some notes in your computer to a bookstore near you. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll hold it down on my end until then you keep doing good work with your people there and uh, we'll just buy a little time until that comes out. But um, no, truly coach, I, you've influenced obviously so many people, but, but uh, so much of what we do here. And I know there's, you know, a few hundred people here in Ann Arbor who are better off because of, because of what you've curated, you know, I know you're really upfront about the fact that you didn't, you didn't create a lot of this stuff, but you're at least paying attention enough to realize what's good and what's, what's uh, bogus. Um, so yeah, there are a lot of people here in Ann Arbor that thank you for that and, and all over the country and all over the world. So um, yeah, we're really lucky to get to talk to you about this stuff and uh, anything else before we wrap up here, anything else you want to add? That nope, we that's it. But if there's people listening, there on the training side, strengthcoach.com is always the way to go. That's where we're, we're trying to, to talk about this stuff every day. So if you're, if you're a trainer or a coach or whatever, and you're interested, come on by. Yeah. Strengthcoach.com is uh, I've had the membership for probably six or seven years now. And uh, so yeah, we're, it's a great spot, great, great articles, great information. And, and honestly a for, um, forum that works forum that actually works, <laughs> which you don't yeah, see. It does. It, it does work. And it's very, uh, I think the people are the people are nice and respectful, and that's a really big uh, a big difference in this industry for sure. Yeah. So, all right, Coach, we'll uh, let you get on with your day here. But uh, many thanks, and we look forward to hearing more from you. All right, thank you. I'm going to click off of this thing. Thanks. All right, that's going to wrap up episode seven of the Fit Life Formula podcast. Thank you so much to Mike Boyle for taking the time to join us. There's some really unbelievably valuable information there and hopefully you know for those of you who are members 
advantage, it really puts into perspective where you know all of this comes from, why we do the things we do. Uh, you know, sometimes we don't talk about it a lot, but I think hearing from the guy who, like I said, curated all of this and sort of put this system in place uh, can be really valuable, and I hope it sheds some light on why we do the things that we do because it is. It is well thought out. It's not just there to make you tired. It's there to keep you healthy, make you strong, keep you mobile, and keep you active for the rest of your life. So thank you for tuning in to episode seven of the Fit Life Formula podcast. My name is Brian Sippets. Until next time, be sure to train smart and keep moving. And we'll talk to you soon.